Good evening, listeners, and welcome to this weekend interview. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, you may be viewing us on tdntv.net or listening to us on tdnradio.net. Also, we are on Facebook Live on this weekend interview's Facebook page, as well as on TDN Radio's Facebook page. So there are several ways you may be listening to us, but whichever media that you're using tonight, uh, a very hearty welcome to you. I always appreciate you making the time to spend the hour or so with us on a Wednesday night, uh, as busy as our schedules are. And if tonight is the first time that you are listening to this weekend interview, welcome. And I hope that you will like what you hear and what you see, and you too will become a regular listener to this weekend interview. There are those in Dominica uh, who are listening to us on the on the Nature Isle on RVR Jams Radio, uh, which is aired in Dominica on DigiPlay Channel 59. Special welcome to you as well. And wherever are you tuning in in the US, in the UK, in the Caribbean, um, we have folks that are tuning in from all over um, the world. Actually, we get correspondence from you. Um, we I have a very interesting conversation for you on tap tonight. Tonight, um, this week, month of June, the the OECS is celebrating its 40th anniversary of existence. And so that is our topic of discussion tonight. I have as my guest tonight the chairman of the OECS National Councils in Canada, Mr. John Allen, is my is my one of my guests. And then uh, a, a former parliamentarian, um, influencer, um, community advocate in the person of Mr. Gregory Willock. He is joining us from Montserrat. I'm always excited when I have folks who are able to join us directly from the Caribbean. And so we, we, we're hoping to have a discussion about the OECS um, from a diaspora point of view. Um, Mr. John Allen is a, a diplomat. Um, he's been a diplomat for a number of years. And um, also um, Gregory still resides in the Caribbean. So stay tuned as usual. And I think it's fitting tonight. I always play the Karakram Anthem at the start of the show. So let's listen to the Karakram Anthem. And, um, and when we come back, we are, we are we're joined by Mr. John Allen from in Canada and Mr. Gregory Wheelock um, from Montserrat. So stay tuned. distant lands our forefathers came some seeking adventure some bound in chains through battles waged and fought through victory and pain by test of their courage our freedom was gained In homage to those gone before us, us The heroes of lands in the sun We vow to join hands and to focus On building one Caribbean Raise your voice and Sing of your Caribbean pride
Welcome back, listeners. Um, if you joined us before we start, this is This Week in Interview with your host, Anthony Drago. And tonight we are going to be talking about OECS. And uh, as I was saying, the CARICOM anthem is particularly suited to this discussion. Although there are so many of you who say that <coughs> you only hear the CARICOM anthem um, when I play it on This Week in Interview. It seems like CARICOM itself is not even... Um, pushing the, the CARICOM anthem the way, that, the way that they should. My guest tonight on this speaking interview, one hails from Canada, I think he's in Toronto in Canada, in the person of Mr. John Allen. And he is the chairman of an organization in, in, in Canada called OECS Nationals Council in Canada. And my second guest, my other guest tonight is Mr. Gregory Willock, and he resides in Montserrat. He's a former parliamentarian in Montserrat, and he is a community leader um, and involved in various facets in business leadership and in, in sports and just general community um, organization and activities. And the reason why we're speaking with them tonight is because um, the OECS in the month of June is celebrating its 40th year of existence. And um, I mean, after 40 years, we have to examine, we have to decide how we, how we can adjust costs, how that's worked, what hasn't worked. Um, I'll look back and see what, what achievements we've had and what the aspirations is, is, is OECS organization um, leading up, leading the Caribbean people to, to achieve their aspirations. But before we do that, let, let's give a very warm welcome to my guests. I'm going to give them a moment to introduce themselves. Um, first up, I'll ask John Allen um, to introduce himself. He was with us a few years ago in the same capacity um, as a member of the OECS um, Nationals Council of Canada. But a lot has happened, a lot has happened in the last in the last few years. So John, welcome back to this weekend interview. It's a real pleasure um, to have you back. John, is your mic muted? Thank you, Anthony. Yeah, it's it's sure. a pleasure to be back with you. And uh, I say a lot had happened since then. Go ahead. We're hearing you clearly. Go ahead. Yes. It's a pleasure to be with you, Anthony. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. And uh, it's also a pleasure to be with our guests, uh, OECS national guests and friends who are listening at this particular time. And um, it's this is a particular occasion which deserves every celebration as we know, the OECS union has come a long way and uh, I'm happy for the opportunity to be part of this discussion with you and with Gregory, uh, my brother in Munsrat. Uh, just to let Gregory know, my grandparents are from Munsrat, Gregory. So we have, mm -hmm. we have a connection. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. I tell you what, uh, uh, Anthony, when I heard Alan, I, I know that that struck a uh, like uh, an alarm went off because Alan is synonymous, Alan is synonymous with Monstra. Okay. No, 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 Anthony, I'm very happy to be here as part of this discussion, especially with John, uh, being he has grandparents and, and roots in Monstra. As you know, by the way, let me just say this up front. The Montserrat Emerald boys are doing pretty well in, in football. Conquer Cup, World Cup qualifiers. Yeah. And the OECS <laughs> is, is just so unique that we're beating everybody that's, that's, that's in the OECS. <laughs> <laughs> but, but seriously, uh, the Emerald Isle is, is live. Well, thank you. We haven't lost a match in a, in a while. But that's not here nor there because El Salvador right. has beaten us uh, in terms of topping the group. And they've also beaten Senkits and are moving on to their final leg. Congratulations to El Salvador. They're not a part of the OECS, so we don't need to worry about them too much. We have to build a stronger OECS union. And I think that's what your discussion tonight will focus on. And I'm here to lend my, yes. my opinion to the, to, the, to the discussion. Yes, certainly. John, um, by way of continued introduction, um, you, you're wearing your hat not only as a as 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 the person John Allen, but you're also the the chairman 
of the organization that calls itself the OECS Nationals Council in Canada. So for the, for the listeners that we picked up since the last time you were with us, um, let's tell them what that organization is and, and, and what are the objectives, what are some of the activities that it's, it's involved with. Uh, the OECS the National Council, it's, it's a community-based organization, which is actually based in the OECS community. Uh, essentially evolved from a group that was established in 2008. It was referred to as, as the, working, the OECS Working Group. And th that came into being uh, to really discuss and to examine our community and to see how we can come together as a community to improve our situation, not only here in Canada, but also in the sub-region. Uh, that organization eventually evolved into the OECS National Council, which was launched in June of 2013. Our aim basically, as I say, is to create awareness about the OECS region and about the OECS Council. And by that way, continue to build linkages within the community so we can meet many of the challenges. Now, uh, within the organization development itself, uh, it was a collaboration between not only the community, but individuals, the consular corps, the OECS liaison office. So really it was a coming together of not only certain institutions, but individuals in the community. And the OECS associations have a long history within their community. Many of them were formed over 40 years ago as people emigrated from the region to Canada to improve this, their situation. So here we are today. We exist as a very important organization within our community that is uh, striving not only to, to build capacity here within our community and meet the many challenges like systemic racism and education and uh, all of the other challenges that they have to meet, but also to support our brothers and sisters in the region in whatever form. It's emergency relief, you know, of the very difficult situation that St. Vincent is in right now. So to support efforts like that and previous efforts, uh, major hurricanes uh, that uh, tend to impact the region. So essentially, you know, we, we celebrate the anniversary every year, as well as we support the celebration of all of the individual states, you know, when the independence uh, come around at any particular mm -hmm. time. Okay. And uh, so it's, it's, very, it's a very active organization and we intend to keep it that way. Oh, certainly. So Gregory, I'm coming to you. Um, Gregory. If I were to land in Montserrat tomorrow and I ask anybody if they know Gregory Willock, um, what what they would say, Shaman, he, he's so, 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 and so. Let's let's fill in the blanks. Let's introduce you to the audience. <laughs> well, I'm probably one of the most active persons on island. I've been involved in almost everything here. Uh, by, you know, it's like I, I seem to be driven by community and, and nationalism, really. And... Mm -hmm. I'm happy to be part of this discussion because I want to give my way, uh, way in my opinion on the whole concept of oneness within the OECS. And, and Anthony, I can tell you this up front. You, you, after the anthem, you might have said CARICOM uh, with a slip, but really and truly, we have to look at the OECS in, in the smaller version of what is the CARICOM, meaning it's one people, one region and whether or not it, these institutions are working for the betterment of the people. So yes, Gregory Willock has been involved. I've been involved in the festivals. I've been involved in organizing basketball, cricket. I'm, I'm, I'm the head of cricket and dominoes. I've been instrumental in the Leeward Islands Cricket Association at the West Indies board level. I'm a present shareholder. So what we have to look at, in, 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 we don't have enough time to discuss everything. So what we have to look up is, is what is working and what we can implement or look at 
other areas that may work even better than what's working. Now, we are one currency union, meaning we use the Eastern Caribbean dollar. Outside of Guadeloupe, Anguilla, Mahuma use US and EC, and uh, St. Martin who uses EC and uh, the Dutch, the Dutch, the Dutch, the, the Netherlands dollar. I don't know which one it is, but mm -hmm. I know that the, the French franc is using Guadeloupe as well. But what I'm saying, we have stayed strong as a currency union and the EC dollar has not waned. And this is ever since, since uh, we had a leader called John Alfred Osborne. He sold, uh, may rest in peace, but he, he was instrumental in tying the EC dollar to the US dollar and that has not faded to this day. So what I'm saying, that's the type of work that the OECS need to continue to do. Now, right. Alan, so, Alan so, spoke. So, so Gregory, let's let's not get too far. <laughs> you know, um, all right. I mean, I, I like I like I like the fact that you uh, you are highlighting achievements, okay, and and of course the the stability of the Eastern Caribbean dollar is a major achievement on the world stage. You know, you, we see the European Union struggling to keep their Absolutely. currency afloat. We see the bigger countries who used to snub their nose at the smaller islands struggling with their currency. And so, so you're correct in highlighting that achievement. But, but I want to jump to, to, to John and I come back. Um, John, you've, you've been a diplomat um, and, 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 and have been involved at both at the community grassroots level, it seems like, as well as at the government level. And so, and so you have uh, a perspective also from the outside. Um, besides the currency, what would you say are some of the achievements of the subgrouping of organizations, organization of Eastern Caribbean states? What are some of the achievements that you would be able to highlight and say, this, you know, this works, this is working, and so on? Well, I believe they have done tremendously well in terms of building some strong institutions since their inception in 1981. You know, you have the Eastern Caribbean Supreme Court. You know, you have the, uh, the Aviation Authority. You also have the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank, which you alluded to, and the strong monetary management that is doing in the region. And, uh, and a number of other strong institutions, uh, the ability to move back and forth within the region and be able to access services. I think that capacity to increase the economic space that our people can live in was critical. And again, uh, the focus on youth development and the continuation to focus on bringing critical resources from internationally, because they are linked to some degree to the European Union in terms of funding and other agencies. But uh, I'm impressed with the institutions that they have developed over the years. And they're basically strong institution and you have to make sure they continue to work efficiently for the benefit of the people. Okay, so I'm going to go right back to Gregory because Gregory is living in the in in, in the kitchen, so to speak. Um, we hi you highlighted some 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 achievements, which some of them uh, took place a long time ago. They're still effective. They took place a long time ago, and so John, I'm going to ask you about um, some areas where you think that the OECS as a subgrouping is working well. And, and some areas where you think there's some room for improvement. And, and John mentioned the movement of people and services. Um, he mentioned the, the Eastern Caribbean Supreme Court. As a person who is living in that environment, um, do you agree that those are, are good achievements of the of, of, of the OECS and that is still benefiting and, and what, what else you think that they may be able to do um, better? Well, clearly uh, the OECS, and, and I'm going to do it comparatively really, because mm -hmm. we have another regional body called CARICOM. And I think OECS, the OECS uh, body has been working 
10 times more than CARICOM, which really should not be. Now, when I look at the global perspective and how we match up in the OECS, or even as far as CARICOM, and I can put both names there because these are the regional bodies that are supposed to lead the way in, in moving the, the region. And uh, John spoke about the, the, the institutions. Yes, the bank. The bank is strong. And, and the bank is not only strong in just its existence and its capacity to deal with the financial sector within the region, but the bank is strong in its response to disaster management and being able to be there setting up. I think each territory has a relief of about $6 million reserve within the banking structure. And, and there might be other instruments within the bank that has been set up to, to, to help the territories develop and, and move uh, and compete. But clearly, we are still deficient. And, and the deficiency comes from the fact that we're not competitive globally. You know, if you look at Windward Islands Banana, for instance, we lost Windward Islands Banana when we should not have lost it. But we, we were not positioning ourselves as the ones who were selling the product. We were always waiting for the buyer, which was the United States mainly and Europe, to say to us how, the, how they, 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 they're positioning themselves with our product. We shouldn't do that. We had to always have a competitive edge to go ahead in our thinking. And I think we failed in that regard. So on the business model, we have not been as sustainable and as strong to really compete globally. Now we have ICT, for instance. We are still behind the eight ball. We have not stepped out. And as, although we have most the human capacity, which is what John spoke about with the movement, we have the human capacity that are intellectually capable of leading in regards to ICT and more, more economic strategic management. So those are the areas I think need strengthening. And and Governor Antoine maybe listening to me here, I don't know if he's listening, but he, he has to do some work. He has to get the leaders of the currency union to sit at the table and speak frankly. Are we competing? Are we sitting at the table? We just had the G7 summit in, in um, Cornwall. Where were we? Where were we as a Caribbean, as an OECS body? What is our voice? Where is our voice being heard? So I will leave that because I know John might be nipping to come back in. Yeah, John, John, I'm going to come back to you. And of course, you reside in Canada. And so, and so you are privy yeah. to certain circumstances, certain developments um, that you may see as probably would be very beneficial if those facilities existed in the region, in the sub-region. Where do you see opportunities lie for, for the OECS as a, as a subgrouping to, to leverage those opportunities for the improvements of life in the, in the region? I see some opportunities in probably in the area of food production. I think we need to become far more diversified and efficient. Uh, we do depend on tourism to a large extent for our monetary returns. But uh, if the current situation is any experience, I do believe we need to uh, focus on diversifying the economy. We have the capacity to feed our people. And I think there, there is a space there where we can build uh, different agro sectors, you know, and export in terms of the agro markets, you know, and uh, also in, in the area of fishing, you know, we, we are surrounded by the sea, but I don't believe we are maximizing our capacity to use those resources from the sea. Yeah, there's, there's some focus on managing the resources, but in terms of accessing it and exporting it, I do believe we need to uh, to leverage that area, and and again in terms of innovation and technology and artificial intelligence, the, we we have to find a way to bridge the gap between the diaspora and the region. I think there's a lot of work to be done there, so we can move resources back and forth to build some of these sectors, you know, and uh, hopefully that will begin to take us. To another level 
So yes, there are opportunities within the algo sector, uh, within the artificial intelligence sector, IT sector, and uh, as I said, we are surrounded by the sea, and we have to we have to find a way to also make that useful to us in terms of being able to export products from the sea. Well, certainly, I, I like I really like the examples that 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 you give, um, because. I think as as um, Gregory was referring to, we have the resources within the region to be self-sufficient within the region with surplus to trade outside of the region. Um, but I'm hearing from both of you that there may be a need for more coordination and and more planning. So so Gregory, I, I'm sitting I, I'm sitting talking to you right now in Brooklyn, New York. And one of, the, one of the areas that I see a lot of concern is there seems to be a rise in crime um, in, in the islands of the OECS. Um, it, seems to, it seems to be global, but doesn't mean because it's global, it should be happening to us also. Um, I, I, you said you're involved in a lot of, of different areas. So I'm going to take a risk and toss that question to you. Um, if you if you were able to speak to the leaders of the OECS, um, where does the opportunity lie for them to show more leadership and to improve the um, condition of crime and law and order in the, in the sub-region? Well, yeah, I mean, perfect um, question, really, because it, it comes to the heart of where we are going wrong. Because we, we don't have nothing to show or nothing to bring to the table, we seem to tend to take whatever we see so clearly, when we look at the Americas and what's happening there in America itself, the United States, and we see the amount of gun crimes, for instance, we, we, we have, our culture is, I mean, we talk about crime, but our culture is to follow. We have been taught to follow. Our, our history says this from slavery to now. So I'm saying, I would say to our leaders, when are we going to emancipate ourselves? Bob Marley sang it. We are mentally enslaved, whether we like it or not. And I'm not blaming anybody for this i'm saying it is time enough if you're 40 years involved in anything surely you should have been able to set some standards and some fundamentals in place so that can guide the future of how we operate I, I, am i am i not on something there where i said if we are going to follow people who just go around and shoot up and think that they can get free food free free money and take whatever what other people possess that, that can't be what we want our children to be learning. So our institutions, such as the OECS, have to be led in a direction where, for instance, there's a program within the OECS called the YES program. It, it, is, it is there for youth employment and entrepreneurship. I like it, and I think that we can do more with that. I am a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur myself. Let me take my time here. I'm an entrepreneur myself. Mm -hmm. And I would have taken certain initiatives. But again, the cultural mindset is not to brand our skills and our, 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 our innovations into what is the best that the world has. So, for instance, I went into something called Bushrun. And, you know, in Dominica, they might have Creole. Uh, in St. Vincent, they might have sunset or St. Kitts, you know, all sorts. Yep. We, we, have, we are herbalists, if you may call us that. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so what we're saying, right. we have the natural leaves and teas and bush, and, and, and I could go deep into, into certain other areas that we, we watch stolen from right under our noses, and now it's, it's, it's right through the UK, Europe, it's right through America, and we are the ones that really brought it to the fore. But what did they do? criminalize us and then use it as a as a business venture how could you be criminalizing your your youth your people over something that somebody else has decided it's a gold mine are we are our leaders that blind or are we so scared to really take initiative within the oecs or caricom as a region to say you know what we're not going to take any hand down we're going to hand you what we want and we're going to take some bold steps to move our, our region. Okay, so we are at the bottom of the hour, and this is where we usually take a break um, because we have a couple sponsors who 
we now have some special services for our guests. So, so let's go to a, a, a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be exploring those ideas a little bit further. Okay. Presented by... Okay. Hi. Thank you. Have you always wanted to learn how to paint but felt that you didn't have the talent to try? Well, pick up that paintbrush and join me, Nicole Georges Bennett, for Art and the Word on TDNTV.net, Wednesdays at 10.30 a.m. with repeats on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Join me for an exploration through art appreciation and biblical inspiration on Art and the Word, TDNTV.net. Wednesdays at 10.30 with repeats on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Let's paint. People say I've got a great smile. Well, I have to say, this is all thanks to the professional team at Beacon Dental Group right here in Dorchester, Massachusetts. I've got world-class dental care. Beacon Dental Group has expert and caring staff dedicated to providing the most advanced and satisfactory treatment in all aspects of oral health. Their services are designed to meet your needs and give you a perfect smile, too. General checkups, cosmetic surgery, Gemini laser service, and advanced procedures, all in a state-of-the-art facility. Call or visit Beacon Dental Group today, 1026 Blue Hill Avenue, Dorchester, Massachusetts, or call 617-282-2146 for a smile that lights the world. When you feel a sneeze or a cough coming, <coughs> covering your mouth prevents the spread of germs. You probably knew that. But the way you cover up also matters. And that means breaking a habit you've held near and dear all your life. Cover your nose and mouth with your flexed elbow or a tissue, not your hands. Discard the used tissue immediately. Then wash your hands. Help stop the spread of germs. Remember, your health is your responsibility. A message by the <coughs> Health Promotion Unit of the Ministry of Health, Wellness and New Health Investment, Dominica. All right, welcome back, listeners. If you join us after we start tonight, my guest tonight, uh, Mr. John Allen, uh, he is from St. Kitts. Uh, he lives in, in Canada. And Mr. Gregory Wheelock, who is joining us from Montserrat. And the reason that we have this conversation tonight is because the OECS is celebrating 40 years of existence. The OECS being the organization of Eastern Caribbean states. And um, you know, I always play the CARICOM anthem at the start of this weekend interview because those of you who are listeners to this weekend interview know that. I'm a strong advocate for Caribbean for Caribbean unity. They, they, there is a question from one of the listeners, one of the viewers, uh, who essentially asking about unity for the OECS. Um, I know in the past, uh, even if the people of the Caribbean seemed like they were open to, to, to unifying, the politicians were not there as yet. The people had to be dragging the politicians behind them. And that's the impression that I got, that um, everybody wants to be a prime minister of a country instead of instead of having one prime minister for six or seven countries. Uh, and so we talk about economics of scale. So I'm going to go to the guests and ask them to, to expand on that a little bit, whether that should still be an aspiration of the people or whether we should be pursuing other means of collaboration, more deep collaboration without necessarily going to full political and economic unity. Before I go there, though, because I suspect yeah, once we go into that, it would take some time, I, I wanted to give John the opportunity to, 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 to talk about any activities that the, that the organization he's representing, the, the, the OECS Nationals Council in Canada. I know usually um, you have... Um, activities that mark the anniversary of the OECS. Um, so are there any activities that's been planned this year or how is how is it going, being represented this year, John? John, I'm sure if your mic is muted. John, we're not hearing you. 
Are you hearing me? John, your mic is muted. I suspect his mic is muted. Okay. So so while John is trying to the ongoing the COVID Yeah, I suspect he has some connection issues. We we suddenly will be uh okay. make, making a statement that we got. Okay, so John, John, we're having some technical difficulty. Hopefully, it will fix. Okay. So Could you hear I me? Have, I have, let, 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 let's write it a little bit, and I'm going to go to Gregory, and and we'll come back to you, John. Um, Gregory, my question that I had: Should should the people of the OECS still aspire? Okay, I unmuted. Could you hear me now? Is <laughs> that right, Dan? You got you're on hold now. You're on hold. <laughs> yeah, John. John, just let, let, we'll straighten yeah. you up with Sam. Let, okay. Yeah. So, so I, I, I'm asking Gregory. Do you think that the that the people of the OECS okay. still aspire okay. to to be one country, um, politically and economically, or should we just be pursuing more collaboration and 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 start building institutions in common, but remaining as separate countries? What What are your thoughts on that? I give you a classic. Uh, I, I was listening to George previously before the break. No problem. And I made a note when he was talking about the food uh, stuff that we can work on in terms of what we can push uh, on the sea. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I wrote at the bottom of it, education. Now, mm -hmm. your question came right in perspective when you asked me about that because I just think that our education system does not promote OECS and the region in our schools as, as part of our cultural training. What are we trying to build? What is the purpose of the OECS 40 years on? How many people knew that it's going to be 40 years on Friday? That information needs to be like a hymn, like it's taught in the churches and in the schools. We need to start to sell ourselves as a people, one region, one OECS one purpose to move the region to compete at every level be identified in whatever we do but i saw the question that came in mm -hmm. and i think it, it also gives me an opportunity to probably help john respond as well because clearly all our leaders change every five years or at least 50% of the leaders change every five years. <laughs> and if you're going to be changing leaders every five years and the handbook is not like a Bible, then clearly everyone is coming with their different ideology and what they think OECS should be and how they think they should lead in the OECS can't work. It can't work. It has to be an understanding that this is what we're building and it is an understanding for the next 50 years, this is how, this is the roadmap. So it doesn't matter who takes over and if my government loses today or tomorrow. The roadmap says this is how the OECS must go. So you might have your individualism within your territory or within your country as to what you want to see for your country. But whatever happens, the roadmap must cater for whatever you're doing. And whatever you're doing must, cater, must fit into the roadmap for the region. And I will stop there to allow John to come back in. All right, John, let's hope now the technical issues are solved. Um, John, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you very well. Okay. Can you hear so me? We hear you no? as well. Yes, I can hear you. I can still hear having you. a problem. So, are you, so no, no, we still, we're good. So okay. what I want you to do, we didn't hear anything that you said earlier about the organization having any plans for to mark the anniversary. So I would like you to repeat that. And, and while you have the mic, you can you can answer the question about the unity of the islands and, and, and whether it's something we should be aspiring to. And if it is, what would be the best approach? Yes, as I said, as you alluded to before, we celebrate this anniversary every year. And uh, because of the COVID pandemic situation, we have been very active in that space uh, for the last 15 months. But we certainly will have a, a statement to make with respect to this important anniversary. And we, we are considering a youth forum to really let the youths have some discussion in terms of how they see themselves 
in this OECS uh, journey in terms of entrepreneurship, education, cultural development. So we, we are hoping to put something together with the youth and get them to give their input in, into, into this situation. Uh, with respect to the OECS situation, I, I do agree with my, my brother, Gregory. Uh, we have a very solid model. It's probably one of the best regional models globally. I don't think Gregory will agree with me. But I really don't see the level of education happening to really get the young people across the region involved. I know there's a lot of activity on the internet and uh, in the virtual space. But as Gregory alluded to, you have to get to our people at a different level. You have to teach it in the schools, you know, and uh, there has to be way. I mean, in terms of the situation in St. Vincent right now, I, I realize there's a hesitancy for people to want to leave because of the insecurity or they may not feel comfortable going to another island. When in fact, I mean, as you know, there is an outpouring of welcome and wanting to assist right across the region. So there may be a bit of a gap in terms of people feeling a comfort level to move. Because ideally, when you move, your services move with you and you're part of one community. But as Gregory alluded to, we really have to build that consciousness. We have to, so people don't, don't hesitate, you know, if I can't live in Antigua, you know, and there's a major flood or whatever, God forbid, I move to St. Kitts River. But you need to be comfortable. And I think that's building that consciousness and awareness will, will help in that situation. Through education, it's, it's all about educating the masses and the people. So, I mean, now, as a, in terms as, of the. Yeah, go, yeah, ahead. Was, go ahead. Go ahead, John. I thought you would. Yeah, I was saying the people generally are ahead, ahead of the politicians. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, I think nationalism may be playing a part of that. And you can see we have a bit of struggle here, too, in terms of working on the unity aspect of it. You know, we all want to the importance of unity. But you also see here many of the association, they have their own agendas. But at the same time, you have to work with them and let them understand that there's, there's a greater good to coming together and uniting as a people, you know, and, and building uh, on getting to remove that old colonial mentality that we have and building a stronger Afro-Caribbean unity throughout the region and, and globally. You know. uh, Anthony, I want to just jump in there on that same point. I think what is happening here in front of us, we, we are biting off a little more than we can chew. And after 40 years, there are too many moving parts. Now, we've spoken about the, the CCJ, the, EC, the, the, the Eastern Caribbean Supreme Court, uh, the bank, and the ear, ear stuff, and, and also the, the youth. And I think there's a statistics uh, program going on. Now, we're in a COVID situation, and you have a situation where vaccines have been developed. Can you just name anywhere in the OECS that we're developing a vaccine? Or do we feel that we just have to wait on, on a handout of a vaccine to, to tell us how we manage our own people? Uh, and and that, is, that is where the fundamental problems are. We're not seeing ourselves with the ability to lead on some of these initiatives that are global. And unless we are at the global table, where we are we're, we're behind, even with our intellectual capabilities. So the education has to be broader and, and more intense to really drive the message of what we need to do to educate our people, to get to a point where we know that we can compete even have a voice and speak at the table. So John, we are in the diaspora and, and every island that you can name from the Caribbean, you have nationals in North America, in Europe, in Asia, who are leading. And we are heads of industry in, in almost, in any industry for you will find an OECS person or OECS national heading and, and doing really well. So that's a tremendous resource to the region. As, 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 a, as a chairman of an organization that's, that resides in the diaspora, should organizations like, like, like yours, the, the OECS National Council in Canada, should you be initiating think tanks 
and other types of institutions that can develop those thoughts. So if those thoughts are not getting developed within the region, is there a role for we in the diaspora to, to start to take up those ideas away from the political pressures and the economic pressures that exist in the region and, and be able to develop those ideas to the point where we can start presenting it? Because the internet allows us the opportunity to present things directly to the people if we cannot get governments to cooperate. How, how do you see the role of organizations such as yours um, more fitting into that mold of where the, the Caribbean, the OECS people need to go as we move forward? Uh, as you as you rightly said, I mean, the resources that we have in North America and in Europe is tremendous. We're present everywhere in industry, in government, and it's the OECS community is one. Of, and speaking of Canada, is one of the most successful community in in Canada in terms of home ownership, in terms of uh, kids going to going to university. So the, the resources are there and the skill sets are there. Uh, I think it's a question of further engaging the OECS region, uh, engaging the headquarters in, in St. Lucia and uh, the, the union itself to see how we can best build those linkages. Uh, I had an opportunity to visit Taiwan many years ago on, on a trade mission. And one thing that the Taiwanese were able to do, they were able to incentivize their people to come back and work, and where they couldn't come back to Taiwan, they find a way to incentivize them to support development in Taiwan. To the extent Taiwan moved from a country producing, I think it was uh, pineapple and other agricultural products, to a very successful company, the largest maker of PC in the world, and today one of the leading manufacturers of semiconductors. And we know the importance of semiconductor in just about every technology on the face of the earth today. So we, I think we have to find a way to incentivize our people because I think they want to participate and engage and it's coming up with a very workable model that will harness their skills and, uh, and deliver it. Uh, so it's, it's a two-way street. The conversation has to be taken more seriously. Uh, I many of the governments in the region do speak about encouraging the diaspora to return and invest, and but which is good, but it, it needs to be more concrete, concrete engagement in terms of how we're going to move that process forward. You know, as Gregory well, pointed out, the resources mm -hmm. are there. You know, yeah, Gregory, as uh, in which from within the region, then. Um, what are the opportunities for yourself as an entrepreneur um, to, to collaborate with me, who is in the diaspora, and, and to make some, because obviously the governments don't seem to be interested in, in moving that aspect forward. So, so do, you, do you see opportunities for people-to-people -people, um, collaboration in that regard? Um, so sort of, sort of lead, lead the leaders um, so they would follow? Well, clearly you're on the right path in that it's it's called links. You you set up uh, uh, friendships, links, and you start to have the conversation. What what are we really trying to do? We're trying to give opportunities in the Caribbean to to athletes. For instance, in in, in my new dispensation as the president of the Cricket Association here in Montreal, I have said to my players, I'm not only looking to get you guys in a Leeward Islands or West Indies team because the numbers are just so astronomical in terms of who are competing for 11 spots or 15 spots that it, it, it can't be the only angle that I am I'm using. So I might say to you, Anthony, or to even uh, John, I need you to look at the cricket setup in Canada or in the US and where there are opportunities for my players who are very talented, who may not get ever get an opportunity. For instance, Manchester has only had one player made the, the West Indies team in 50-odd years. I will say, look, I've got at least 20 youngsters playing top-level cricket, but just can't get into a Leeward Island setup. So can I ask you to look around the, the cricket infrastructure there, get somebody who knows about it, and tell me if I can get five of my players exposed. I can send their stats, send their information, and clearly, opportunities open up. And when you go to America and Canada, you know the dollar 
pay the pay for work is far better than any place else in the world. Uh, a basketball player signing up his first contract, a football player, soccer, whoever, athletes. Uh, if I get, I tell you, I have two guys can run as fast as Usain Bolt. You say, no, that can't happen. But they're not getting the opportunity. So we have to create some level of connections with the diaspora that says, you know what? What avenue can we find? Both from the diaspora side with asking questions about services that you may want from here and us in the, in the, in the OECS telling you, look, we've got these potential abilities through the, 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 the individuals in the, in the territory. What can you find out there as opportunities, scholarships, uh, 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 career paths? Just build the, the human capacity. And once we start doing that, and also doing the education, where we're on our path to, to actually achieve something. So we, we're approaching the, the, the end of our conversation. So it's been, it's been 40 years, 40 years, since the OECS have started in 1981. What is the way forward? How, how can the OECS continue to be relevant in the improvement of the quality of life of the people of the OECS region? Because ultimately, that should be the purpose of the OECS organization, is, is to create conditions where the quality of life of the people in the region is, is such that um it, it's of a world-class standard so i i'll toss it to you first gregory and then i'll go to john um this is going to be recorded this is viewed by a few thousand people by the time it's done what what would you what would you suggest to the oecs leaders that they can do and implement to to make the oecs as a group in remain relevant and to improve the quality of life of the people well, I, right, right away, you made the right terminology, world-class. Where do we see ourselves ranked in the world? How do we consider ourselves as a people? And what is our identity in regards to the areas that we want to be seen? And what, what are we leading in? Where are we, where are we the front-runners? So we have to have that discussion. After 40 years, I, and I think this is what they need to do when they meet, for the anniversary. Look at where we've reached after 40 years and is our message clear? Is our strategy working for the betterment of the people? Are we able to speak at the head table of world leaders and say to them, listen, we, our voice need to be heard and we need to be recognized as a region. Our people matter. It's like Black Lives Matter, but we're not going to go down that road. We're just saying human beings and people matter, especially people from the OECS region who have such rich resources to, to offer. And we have to then merge our minds to make a, a policy that guides us for the next 50 years. And that has to be agreed like the Bastia or the, the, the Treaty of Shagaramas whatever you want to call it, it must be spoken to that when we design this, it goes into the schools as a handbook for, for, for young secondary school uh, individuals and people who are graduating, they will get a copy of that and we need to preach it. If it even needs to go into churches, let's get it in there. We are a region that matters, a region of value and a region of class. Thank you. John, you, I, I come to you and um, ask the same question. How does the OECS as, a, as an organization, this subgrouping, remain relevant, both for the folks who reside in the region and on the international stage at the UN and at the various international bodies? Well, I believe they have a unique opportunity to improve the situation in the region as well as in, in the diaspora. Uh, the region itself has evolved some, some great institutions, which I believe is in a position to access resources abroad. We have national representative in, in Europe, in North America. 
and we need to use those people more effectively. Uh, keep in mind, though, that the OECS is an intergovernmental organization, so there are certain limitations on constraints. So maybe that infrastructure as it's set up now need to be more flexible in terms of being able to get the proper legislation in place, place and the proper policies in place. And at the same time, that will allow us to, to access you know, the resources that we have. Bottom line is we have some good institutions in place. We need to make sure they can function more efficiently, not only within the region, but globally, particularly in terms of being able to access resources to support initiatives in the region. And as I say incentivize, they have to find a way to incentivize our people abroad. Because I think we all want the, the people that I work with within the organization, a very dedicated team of individuals that uh, are really committed, not only to the, the adopted homeland here in Canada, but they want to make a significant contribution in, in the region and see the region develop and continue to take its rightful place in the global, in the global. Right. So I, I think, I think we, we, we are at the end that uh, it looks like John John's connection dropped again. Gregory, there's a listener that's suggesting uh, a question about. Um, there's a listener that that's asking that's suggesting the use of a database. Um, so so for example, you spoke about your cricketers and the cricketers who um, are talented, the sportsmen who are talented. Uh, there's a very good suggestion from one of the listeners. Uh, saying that maybe there should be like an OECS database of cricketers and footballers with their stats, their their availability, uh, and and that would be a start to just to document that and to shop it around organizations like 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 John and 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 some other organizations and who knows who has who has a connection with a with a college that are looking for for young soccer players or basketball players or that sort of thing. So I think I think that that is an excellent. Um, suggestion from from one of the listeners that we that we could probably start doing databases of the different talent and the different skills and also in the diaspora the different folks in the diaspora who have a particular training and are willing to to assist this is a conversation that we can go on for another 40 years <laughs> um, but but we, we you know there there are so many things that we didn't touch on. I would really like to have a, a, a conversation about the politics in the region. Um, you know there we look at some of the governments with concern, um, the role of disaster preparedness, disaster response, disaster recovery. Um, how how do we posture ourselves for those kind of things? So we certainly need to do this again. But we are at the end of the hour, so I want to thank both of you. I'll give each of you a minute or so to, to make some closing remarks. And I want to say thank you very much for taking the time to come out on this week in interview this week. Well, uh, let me go first, because, you know, I uh, like, uh, like one of those people who were in politics, you have to always jump out in front when you get left <laughs> behind. So, John, I'm, I'm apologetic, but definitely have to jump in front. But, uh, Anthony, I'm, no problem. I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to have this discussion. I think an hour of, of this type of discussion will never, ever be enough. It will never answer all the questions. It will never hit all the topics that we need to really look at. For instance, one of my um, listeners that I, I, I asked to join uh, or look at it, and, and I see one of your, um, one of your um, listeners as well making the comment that we need to come back and have further discussions. But what one of the listeners says, okay, we are, we are celebrating 40 years. And, and, and Anthony, I'm saying this to you, and this is no, this is not beating up on anybody. The, the media or the marketing of, of the information, the advertising of the 40 years, has really been lukewarm. It has yeah. not really been out there. It has yeah. not seen grab me, or you're a part of the OECS. This is what we're doing for 40 years. Nothing. Until you said that we're celebrating 40 years, I didn't even realize. I had to contact one of my friends at the OECS desk to say, listen, I need some information as to really what's going on with the 40th anniversary. Now, the database issue that you asked about, clearly we can touch on that and we can say yes. But do we recognize that we have a set of 
paid individuals running the OECS authority, but it is headed by the leaders of each territory. Something is amiss. I don't know who's who's boss. And clearly, again, the manual needs to be designed and we have to get it right and plan a 50-year roadmap where we're going to bring the OECS up to the level where we're sitting at every important discussion on every topic, climate change, disaster, uh, uh, energy, whatever it is, we have to be at the table and we have to allow this ECCB and the currency union with the Eastern Caribbean dollar to matter. And I, and I want to say in the final, my final pitch, thank you to the late John Alfred Osborne to have been wise enough to tie the EC dollar to the U.S. And that is why the EC, EC dollar has remained strong against all odds, even in the recessions and right now in this pandemic time. So I thank you and I do hope that we can get the opportunity again uh, to do this. Certainly. Thank you. And John, I toss it to you um, to make closing remarks. Yes, uh, Gregory, I want to thank you for this. Uh, I mean, uh, Anthony, thank you for mm -hmm. this opportunity. Uh, we spoke before, and uh, TNN has become uh, a great partner with the OECS National Council. And that is the partnership we want to keep going. And But I'll take this opportunity also to extend greetings to the leadership at the OECS uh, Union in, in St. Lucia, uh, to our nationals in the region, and to the diaspora here. And to extend, uh, uh, thank you for the hard work and support that the, the board of the OECS, OECS National Council is doing. You have a group of dedicated people, and that, that, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take dedication. But again, it also take an opening up of communication within the region between the various heads to look for alternatives to build more capacity in the region. And, but again, that's going to be a question of communication, uh, respect to the database. Uh, I know there's been a number of initiatives in the past, but I'm not sure where they're at with that, but you have to have a database. Whether it be for what skill set, or it could be in sports, as you pointed out to Gregory in, in cricket, and uh, create the opportunity so we can be able to have our people move not only across the region, but across globally and access resources that are there. So, you know, it comes back to communication, you know, and building the institution that will allow us to build consensus within our community and have, have a common purpose in terms of, uh, of one vision, a vision of unity, but it also has to be a vision that we are working together and again, comes back to education and working with our youths and developing the right partnership regionally and globally. So thank you for the opportunity, uh, Anthony, uh, to you and Sam and to the TDN organization for keeping this conversation alive and for keeping the Pan-Africanist uh, history and culture and experience alive and the regional culture alive. In not only in the diaspora, but in the region. And that's an important part of uh, going forward and continue to build. As I'm speaking to Gregory, I may say that, Gregory, I'm looking forward to my visit to Montreal someday, to the Emerald Isle. So <laughs> I'm hoping that will happen sometime in the near future. Absolutely. I want to thank both of you gentlemen. And, and listeners, you know, we have the OECS with one people. And when, when John said his grandparents are from Montserrat, there's that intermingling and inter-travel in the region that we really, really are one people. But gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for your time and for how you so honestly and openly expressed your, your thoughts and shared it with the, with the audience. Um, if there are two themes that came out of tonight, one is education, two is the need for planning. Definitely, there, there seems to be a need for the OECS to, 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 to set a plan, set some goals, set some targets, implement a plan of action and then turn around and educate the people so that they are familiar with those with those with, with those plans listeners i want to thank you so much for for joining those of you who participated in the discussion i really appreciate it we had some really good comments and good questions 
And let's keep the discussion going. Gentlemen, I've been asked by my audience to, to invite you back. So, so let's plan that. Um, next time we might get more political because I think leadership <laughs> is everything. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Um, so we will explore leadership in the region. Um, but happy anniversary to all the residents of the OECS. Um, let's look forward to an even stronger 40, coming 40 years in the in the life of the OECS as an organization, as a people. So thank you so much and good night, listeners. Thank you. Just happy anniversary. Stay safe and stay strong. <laughs>